HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to the Grape Nation on the road on the Heritage Radio Network. We are in Norwalk, Connecticut as part of Norwalk Now Crush Week. And we are at Washington Prime in Sono in Norwalk. Our guest is Doug Paulding. Welcome to the Grape Nation, Doug. Thank you. Doug, we've been sitting around talking to a lot of people. And you are truly one of the wine guys in the group. Um, You've been on the wine scene in southern Connecticut and in general surrounding New York area for years. Give us a brief background on your journey in life and wine that got you to the present. Keep it sort of in the context of hospitality, wine, and all of that, not stump grinding and other things like that. I I bluffed my way into a restaurant job on Nantucket when I was 19 years old. Good place to bluff it. Yeah, and ended up in a very nice French restaurant called Le Languedoc without knowing anything. Still there or no? It is. Is it? Different owners, but it's still there. And ended up living in a house with a girlfriend who was a few years older who had been to France several times and new wines and new cognacs and things. And also uh, six other guys who were in the who were chefs or waiters. On so the that environment was, so it was just heavily. So a big restaurant thing. I came out And of this girlfriend, whatever she did, you just followed her around, right? That type of thing. She followed me back okay, then. Okay, But uh, okay. All right. Um, she came to Nantucket after me, but okay. uh, that's fine. Um, we, uh, so I was working in this restaurant and every night there was wine left on a table and, you know, everyone had their own wine experience, their own restaurant experience and they'd right. bring things home and we'd have like a communal thing at night, Fun. um, and just taste things. And, and you were loving it. Loving it. You love the wine, the diversity. Yeah, I was used to gallon gallo. So what happens that after it. that? Right. So I started developing a wine cellar in college and then after college. That inspired you to... Not really a seller. I mean, like, but but to uh, you know, keep a few bottles yeah, yeah, aside yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I have them. And so I wasn't all. buying for the night. I mean, most so of your was, friends probably weren't doing that, other than your the guys in the house. Right. Yeah. I, I told my son he needed a few bottles. He's thirty two now, and I told okay. I told him he needs a few bottles of cognac on his uh, on his uh, dresser. And right. And I said I was a stone broke college student, and I had six on my dresser at the time. And he said, if you had six on your dresser, you weren't stone broke. But Right. Was. So um, go back to that for a minute. It when was, you it was just a priority. When you started deciding to, you know, keep a few bottles, what was interesting and important to you then? Was it Bordeaux? Was it Burgundy? Was it American? Uh, not American at all. Okay. This was 1976, okay. 77, and uh, the, Paris, the the Judgment of Paris hadn't was just happened happening yet. at the time. Right. 
the story hadn't gotten out, and California wines I didn't find to be very interesting. Um, but that, of course, that changed. So mostly French. Mostly French. All right. So then, what happens from there? So then, I, you know, I you have this interest in liking college. I kept learning about wines, reading things, reading, you know, Eric Asimov in the paper eventually, and uh, reading books about wine. And then I started playing softball with this guy who was a upper level. Um, person in the Sommelier Society of America local chapter, Lawrence Lamana. Right. Played softball with him. Okay. Like for years. And everybody else would get done playing and they'd talk about the game or they'd talk about beer. You were all wine. And we're talking about the wines of the week and stuff. And he said, you know, you got to take my course someday. And, um, and uh, he, it was a 20-week course. I think it was Thursday mornings in Westchester. And they would pick a region of the world, talk about it, or you know, earlier on it was about making wine, then it was the different parts of wine, and then it was uh, a region. And then we'd talk about it, and then for the last half of the class, we would, they would open wines, and we would talk about them as a group. It was uh, maybe 30 people in the group, and that really bumped me to a new level. And then I uh, got a very, very part-time job at a restaurant in Killington, where I have... Why? Because you skied? I ski there. You were there. Okay. I coach coach skiing up there. Are there, and I don't mean to be facetious, but are there good restaurants in Killington that have some good wine service? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you found it. Hemingway's. No longer in business. Okay. But Ted and and Linda Fondulis are awesome. And cared about wine? Moved on to other things, yeah. Okay. So I told them that I didn't want to do setup, I didn't want to do takedown, but if they got slammed in the middle of a service and they needed an extra hand pouring or helping, there I am. And I'd be at a party, my phone would ring, or a text. And i go, got to go. <laughs> right. And I'd be back in you know, an hour and a half or whatever it was. So um, you did that. So for I did that. And Ted was affiliated. Actually, they both were affiliated with Sante Magazine. Sure. Which was an international magazine. Sure. And he sent me down there to meet them. And I started reviewing wines for them. And So the Hemingway people made the intro for you to correct. Sante. Correct. And you were able to get into Sante and start doing reviews and writing? Reviews, writing, uh, events in New York. Um, what year are we dinners? talking now? Mm, probably 2005, I'm guessing. Sometime so that's when you really got to get out on the street. Yeah, that's when I'd meet, you know, I'd get invited to a wine right. dinner in the city with a winemaker and, you know, at, at you know great restaurants. And you'd sit down and be able to interview someone and then write a story on it. And then I wrote a couple of, I suggested and wrote a couple of other stories for them. And then trips started happening where I'd travel around the world, and taste things, meet people, get in-person experiences. Your interest was what at that point? France or not oh, no, necessarily? Oh, no, way broader than that. Italy, everything? Yeah, everything. Okay, so oh. you got to travel uh-huh. to all the wine regions mm-hmm. that, and you wrote about them. I've been to many places, never been to California. Really? <laughs> You've never been to Napa or Sonoma? Correct. (coughs) I think that's bizarre. I've been to France eight eight or ten times. I've been to Italy multiple times, Spain multiple times, Portugal three or four times, but (laughs) never to California. Now, at this point, it's almost like a novelty thing. I mean, aren't you curious, or it doesn't matter at this point? Oh, no, I'm totally curious. So you've got to get your butt out there. I will at some point. (laughs) It just hasn't happened. All right, so you wrote for Sante for how long? Mm, Maybe three years. And that's really where you got into every travel, right. the exposure to wine people, right. the events and all of the that. Confidence of Did that really the confidence open your... of having your writing accepted and liked. That was, right. that was actually a, a big jump, too. 
and figuring out what it takes to have it liked and you know published mm-hmm. and all of that. Yep. Um, were you judging competitions? I mean, did it lead to stuff like that? I haven't done any judging yet. I get invited to judge something in the city, but it's always on Thursdays, and I tend to, that's a bad night for me. Really? That's a travel night often. Okay. Um, but I was just invited um, to judge a, a beer, cider, and sake event All next, next Saturday. Three um, very hot things. Yeah. Sake is very hot. Yeah. Beer probably because of the craft part. Yeah. is the lagger, but cider is like on an, you know, another thing right now. Right. Um, do you, you blog? Yeah. Regularly? Um, whatever I, po- I, write, I do a regular column for WAG magazine. Okay, let's talk about that. So you contribute to WAG. I'm their wine and spirits guy. So first tell everyone what WAG is. It's a lifestyle, uh, upscale lifestyle magazine based in White Plains, New York. Um, distributed in Fairfield and Westchester. So it's northern New York, Westchester, southern Connecticut. I've seen some distribution into the city as well. Now, you said a magazine. Is it out there in paper, or is it online, or both? Both. It is both. Okay. I used to get it delivered in in my New York Times. Okay. Once a month, it would be curled up in the Times. So tell me again, you're the wine guy, your official title? Wine and Spirits. Wine and Spirits. That's my official title. Okay. Um, And how often... Is your stuff featured weekly, monthly, it's a monthly by price? It's a monthly thing. Yeah, and sometimes I do other things with them. I fe- I wrote a story, covered and wrote a story as uh, media for uh, the uh, World Cup women's ski event at Killington last Thanksgiving, which was wonderful. Nice. And got a feature story on that, and then uh, I just got back from Nova Scotia, Cape Breton Island, for Celtic Colors, which is the greatest musical festival you've never heard of. How does that apply to wine? It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. Good for you I mean, for getting have, that. Good for you for sneaking that one by, they, right? They, they have yeah. wineries up there, but there's no connection, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for WAG, I mean, are you thinking about things for the next few months, next year? You meet somebody and say, this could be a good story. What's your inspiration for, you know, columns and all of that? Well, sometimes I, yeah, exactly that. I'll meet someone and I'll go, oh, this is a great story. This will write itself. This will be easy. And other times I reach deadline and I'm going, <laughs> you got nothing what's fresh in my head. Really? Oh, okay, I'll write about that. Really? Uh, so it's it's all over the place. All right, and you are also so wag. If if the listeners wanted to look at wag, wagmag.com. W a g m a g dot com. It's one all, word across. It's all there. Okay, and, wagmag. And it's way more than just my content. It's yeah, I mean, like like um, like Doug said, it's a lifestyle magazine serving you know this area. Um, you are also an author, and I, I, are you giving me that? Uh, we, can give the, we can give this to you. <laughs> you, in front of me, is the Wine Tasting Journal. It's a wine logbook. Tell me when you wrote this. Tell me what it's about um, and where people can get it. It's a wine tasting journal, a logbook to rate, record, and remember wines by Doug Paulding. Why did you do this? Um, I have some family members. I have a lot of family members. There's eight of us. And okay. We all drink wine, with the exception of one. And uh, we drink a, f- a fair amount of wine. Um, and there are some that pay attention to it, and there are some that don't. I find that people drink wines, but they don't taste it. They don't think about it so much. 
So this book is trying to get people to actually think about it and taste Stop it. Stop and think and, and taste. And I designed a review page in it. The book is mostly review pages, empty review pages, but with little one to ten checkoffs, circles, and and then a place to put down your thoughts of the wine briefly, and then recommend it or not. So you can you know write write what the wine is, and then go through it, review it really fast at two minutes. You don't have to spend an evening. Um, getting deep with this you just write it and then you have the thing that the recommended or not and then when you go in you, if you take that with you to a wine store and you have a few wines that you've written up the wine store or the restaurant owner or some has a much higher likelihood of matching right. you up with a line a wine that you will like i agree with that because a good psalm or a guy at a good wine store will ask you you know, what, what do you like? Have? Heavy light. But my, what, but, what, do you, what do you love? But like, what I, do you I know people that will say, I, I don't like Chilean wines, or I don't like, for no reason, other than they might have had, had a bad one. Hey, Doug, good to see you. I was at a restaurant last week. I meant to tell you, I had the most amazing wine. What was it? Forgot. Right. You want to, like, smack that guy, right? Right, right. So there's a template in this book, you know, where everything's laid out for you, and... and you know, what Doug has done is he's provoking you to think about the wine and, like he said, taste it, and he's forcing you to think about it and record some information, which if you care about wine or, you know, kind of want to advance, you know, your drinking and understanding, this book will help you do that. Um, so it's called The Wine Tasting Journal, a logbook to rate, record, and remember wines. When did you uh, publish this? Um, I wrote it last summer and it was published... So just, we were trying to hit Recently. Christmas, but we just missed Christmas. It, I think it came out okay. in so January sometime. It's timeless in the sense that you could push it for this Christmas. Right. Where right. can people uh, find this? Um, Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. Bookstores and Amazon. Amazon. Best place is Amazon. Easy to get there. Um, there's a, one other thing that's in here that a lot of people, when they're trying to review wines, kind of get stuck. They don't remember. They, uh, they, they, they can smell something, but they go, I just, I don't know, I can't put a word to that. And we got oh, permission yeah. from Ann Noble, who was, uh, invo- who was at UC Davis, and she put together this very good um, aroma wheel. Where right. you, s- you start with the broad flavors in the center of the circle, and then you work your way out to get uh, more refined um, descriptors. So in the first the dozen wine. pages, there's a, an aroma wheel with all the descriptors, and it's broken down. I think a lot of people have an idea of what they're smelling and tasting. They have problems describing it. Right. And if you could put this in front of them, right. yeah, raspberries, or right. yeah, peach, right. or lemongrass, or lemon citrus, or whatever. Right. Um, so it's called the wine aroma wheel. That's a great thing. And then I was, I was having a glass of wine with a friend a while ago, and he's tasting it, and I, it was a really good bottle that I opened, and you know, I started <coughs> describing what I was getting, and he's like, this is too complicated. This is, <laughs> can I just say if I like it or not? And I said, yeah, you can, but you're not likely to get that experience again just by saying that I like it. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and this stimulates people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the Wine Tasting Journal uh, by Doug Paulding, available on Amazon. All right, tell me a couple more things. We're here in uh, Norwalk, which is really southern Connecticut, you know, Greenwich to Stanford to Nor- Norwalk and, you know, north. Plus you have northern Westchester. Um, tell me about the wine scene up here. Is there a wine scene? I mean, restaurants like Rob's Place, are there wine bars? Are the retailers? Washington Prime is great. 
But um, can you walk into a retailer where you live up here and find the stuff that you want? Um, I get a lot of stuff sent to me for samples, so okay. I don't have to do a lot of shopping in general. I shop generally when I have to write a story, okay. and I don't have the things that I'm writing about, so I have to go pick them up to you know, have a first-hand talk about it. Um, but a good market? Total Wine is crazy. It's like a, it's like the Costco of wines and beers and well, spirits. Costco is the Costco of wine. <laughs> nah, not so much. They they get they have great prices. They have some great wines, but they don't have a broad spectrum. I think Total Wine is a little uh, more focused. Yeah, well, it's just it's just way more. You know, they probably have four hundred scotches in there. Right. And and you're never gonna find that at Costco. So this Norwalk now crush thing is you know a great opportunity to expose people to wine and events. Are there things going on during the course of the year or those are limited? Events? Yeah, oh. always stuff. Lots of stuff. Because I would think this is a big wine market, a big collector market, a big restaurant market, right? You're talking about like food, like wine and food festivals, that sort of thing? Yeah, up here. Mm, yeah, up here. There was a Greenwich one in... Okay, uh, Greenwich is a neighboring end, end town. End of September. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was pretty special. And then, uh, oh, who's that guy? McGraw, Tim McGraw headlined a concert. The country the singer? Night. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was the only person there that didn't know every word to every song, and I didn't know any word to any song. So <laughs> you and me, if I was there, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so things are happening up here. I mean, more restaurants are serving more wines. There's more events. I would guess the retailers are. It's a pretty discerning market up here. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people, bedroom community to New York, a lot of people, uh, you know, are wine collectors as it is. Um, all right, so Doug, time to subject you to our wine list. I want to ask you five questions, and I want you to buzz through them and give me your best answers. You don't have to dwell on them. And the first question we ask everyone is, what are you drinking now? Is there anything you're trying, tasting, loving, specific different than normal no it tends to be what shows up on my doorstep or so what's on the doorstep now mm, fair question I um, oh boy um, uh, I'm blanking on that one it's okay let's let's think about it French Italian I mean what are the last things you've been drinking um, it was a Languedoc a Roussillon wine actually okay um, very Mich cool region Mich Michel Chapoutier um, Chaputier, one of the e great e makers. Ila Boat or Boat Ila? Ila Boat, yeah, that. Chaputier started Ila making Boat. wines in the Languedoc Roussillon, right? Right. Because he's generally erroneous, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's good. Uh, that. Different. And then uh, I had a dinner with Michel Roland the other night, and he's got a wine called Flor <laughs> de la Siete. That's uh, he's got a few partners that are contributing great. Uh, contrib Say it again. Wine. Close C L O S. C-L-O-S-D-E-La-Siete, S-I-E-T-E. Seven, S-I-E-T-E. Right, right. And from where? It's from uh, Argentina. Okay. And, and it's, what's it's the grape? Uh, Malbec dominant. Um, Blended? But cab yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a Cabernet, uh, a Bordeaux blend that, cool. that he's overseeing. I'm going to post that. And it's fantastic. And um, it's, it's imported by the Deutsch family. And William they, Deutsch and, and Peter, Deutsch, time Peter and Deutsch was at the dinner as well and he said find me a bottle under 20 bucks this good can't be done 
And is that the price point? Under right. twenty. You can actually get it for eighteen if you wow. buy if you buy a case. That may be the answer to you, our last question. If you get a case, you can get it for sixteen. Right. You get the case discount. Mm -hmm. All right, good one. Favorite wine and food pairing? Something that you keep returning to, something that gives you that ah factor? No. Um, you don't have? No, I don't because I, I don't eat I don't eat meat. I eat fish, cheese, eggs, but I don't eat generally Do land you animals. eat meat but very so, little or you don't no, eat I don't meat? Eat it. Okay. I haven't eaten not since college. Okay. So oftentimes what everybody puts together for a pairing doesn't work okay. for me anyway. Um, I, I had this experience with a um, at a wine dinner with a winemaker at Le Cirque and he had a funny thing what he did was he basically picked up his plate and picked up his glass of wine and went Smelled both. Went. Yep, that works. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's really no rules. Appeal to him. That was. His I mean, I. You know, I have a library. I document everything. You know, of almost a hundred shows of pairings. You know, some of them will just you know drive you crazy, and some are very typical. Um, but that's fine. All right. In this area or anywhere in general, you have a favorite wine restaurant and our bar that you really look at as a great wine place selection knowledge. I love Bernard's in at Ridgefield. Okay, Ridgefield, Connecticut, Bernard's. Yeah. Great wine list. They have everything from first growths and, and uh, the He's Domaine, serious. Domaine de Romani Contis, and uh, they have top-tier stuff, and then they have everything down to, you know, a special list where you can buy things for 15 So he's the guy that, that shows the top-tier stuff as well as anyone right. around Yeah, here. he's been collecting for a right, long so time. So besides... I've been, been in his cellar. It's impressive. Nice. And, of course, Crabtree's Kittle House. In right, in Westchester. Right. legendary. And, of course, Washington Prime. Of course. We're sitting in front of all his wine. All right, do you have a favorite all-time wine? And, again, not the most expensive, not the most rare, but something that is just memorable to you. I do. It was a, uh, uh, who makes Engelnook? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. It was a Coppola, it was a Rubicon. Yeah. It was probably 90s, 80s? It was probably 86. Okay. And I opened it for a dinner party, and it was no good. I just pushed, I tasted it and just pushed it aside. And then I tried it about a half an hour later. It opened up? It was epic. It completely changed, and it was I'll never forget it. It's just a wine experience I'll never forget. It went It went for, I almost just upended really? it in the sink. So it just needed a little air. And I just put it aside, and I tried it again, and uh, I have a couple in my cellar that I'm just yeah, waiting yeah. for, not that year. Because I know 87 was a killer yeah. year in Napa, but I assume 86 um, was pretty good, because 88 and 89 were not great. So that's a great answer, first time. Um, tell me... Guide my listeners. They're going to go out and buy wines, and we may have addressed this. What's a good wine to buy around for 15 20 bucks retail? Give me a red and a white from your tasting, your experience, shopping, just all that. Like I said, you can give me a grape, a region, a maker, all of the above. Mm -hmm. um, I, like to I like to go to Costco for that price multiple range. shopping, multiple okay. type, you know, whatever, whatever I need. Um, but their wine selection is pretty outstanding, especially if you don't get the entry-level stuff. You bump it up to the $12 to $20 range, and I think you're going to find you're going to get a wine that drinks like a $50 bottle. Give me an example or two. There is a Sonoma Chardonnay. Um, it's it's more than that though. Um, Russian River Valley. Okay. Uh, that's great. 
to Chardonnay that's wonderful. And I think, you're it's, gonna, I, think, I think it's 12 bucks. You're going to email me that. And at some point, I'm going to put it on our social media. That's a white. How about a red? Um, a, a Napa blend. Okay. A Napa blend. And they, I think and Tony they, said and, like and they a Franciscan. Or did you say Franciscan? They'll yeah. actually print the name of the winemaker on the back of the bottle for the, for the better wines. By better, I mean 15 bucks. Right. And so you can look at that, and you can go but on go on your phone. Fifteen gets Google you out of that eight, nine, ten, twelve, where right. it's okay. Right. You get to where they start naming right. the winemaker. And right, all but that. you can but you can see where this winemaker works, and, right. and they you know Costco somehow did something with them to bring it to market, and it's it's you know no name more or less, but really solid right. drinking wines. Those are great choices, and we will post them on our social media. Um, Doug, we're going to wrap this up. One more thing I'd like to say, please, is that when you're in the store and you're looking at those wines, every additional $5 that you spend for a bottle is going to, you're going to get rewarded $10, $15. So don't be afraid. Don't get, <coughs> Price doesn't always mean they're just gouging you, you know, the right. They, these makers, they, the, the producers, they want to get these things as, okay. as on the market. I, see, as I agree with that. I agree Pay with a little that. more money and you get a, lot, a big payoff. I, I agree with that. And it's sort of been documented that there are price breaks where the wines, you know, just get better and better. Um, that is a good recommendation. Doug Paulding, I want to thank you for joining us at uh, Norwalk Now, um, our crush event, our global wine dinner at Washington Prime. Um, you've been listening to Doug Paulding on the Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network.